brand is much more than a logo. That's the first. Right. So people will come in and say, oh, I want a logo. I want a website. I want a Facebook page. I want this. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Let's start saying, why do you need it? And why, what's your why? What's your purpose? And when you get to that discussion, it's like, what makes you angry? What keeps you up at night? And when you get to that, you understand from an entrepreneurial side of it, you understand what's your core. Are you tired of stressing out about your marketing, wondering how to boost your online presence, attract more clients and become a go-to expert in your field? You're in the right place. Welcome to the Marketing Chat Podcast. I'm Kelly. I'm a marketing strategist, podcast coach, and the best-selling author of the Podcast Launch Playbook. I'm here to help you get moving with your marketing with way less stress and way more fun. Gabriela Pulido is an experienced strategic marketing executive with more than 30 years of building successful brands like Amaranth, Endeavor, Insignio, Life Invest, and the Miami Symphony Orchestra, among others. Gabriela created Scalto, a creative consultancy to solve scaling challenges creatively. She's a mother of four, a serial entrepreneur, mentor, advisor, and a passionate believer in the power of the right mindset to generate value while doing good. Welcome, Gabriela. I'm so happy to have you here today. Thank you, Kelly. Looking forward for today. Awesome. So you came to the United States from Venezuela. Can you tell us a little about your background and what made you decide to move to the States? Sure. So I am um, basically, I, I started off being engineer. I studied industrial engineering at uh, Columbia University. I went to Caracas to um, work and, and to go, go back to my home country. And from then I started with management consulting. And in management consulting, I was more involved in different projects and different experiences to how would I help companies. And one of the cases was more into in-depth into the branding side, uh, which I loved. So I, I got my MBA locally, and then I headed off to a, a branding agency that was starting off in Venezuela. So that came, long story short, the company decided to leave. So I was with clients uh, launching design and having a team of 20 uh, being uh, under my roof, under my regard, and I had to do something. So I created my first company mm. as a spinoff from the old one. So that was my initiation and in, in in, in entrepreneurship and being as uh, being a, a owner of, of this type of experience. So I had a team, I had clients, and I hit the ground running with my new company. So that's when I created that one. And that was a branding agency. I spent uh, almost 15 years with that and had offices in New York, Dubai, Mexico, and had my, my team everywhere. And I was based in Venezuela. So I decided, if you know a bit about what's going on in South America or in Venezuela, uh, things turned sour uh, for me. I was kidnapped and uh, I was decided that one of the things that I had to do was take care of education for my kids, which you mentioned, I have four. So education for my kids, opportunities, and then safety. Mm-hmm. And uh, I decided to, um, to take the take the leap and, and came to Miami five years ago with the idea of reaching opportunities and giving the opportunities, education opportunities for my kids. So I, it was tough. My husband and I decided to make that move. And once I arrived, it was more, okay, this is completely different. I had to adapt. I had to understand what the 
how do you sell? Because in mm. Venezuela, I was more, I, I still have my team. I, I, I have my team in Venezuela and Colombia, Mexico. But the, the part of, of when I came here, I was like, how, what can I do different now that I'm here in, in Miami? And I decided pre-COVID that I had to spin off from my branding and get into what I love, which is strategic and helping companies scale and, and companies mid-size, small-size with the branding communication side. So I mm-hmm. sold pre-COVID, like that was March 1st. I sold my company 2020. I sold the stake of my company. So the company's still running. And I created Scalto March 31st. So it was more more of a, okay, uh, we're here. We don't know what the what this COVID is going to hit. How is it going to hit? We, we knew nothing but way back then. So mm-hmm. I said, just get on with it. It was tough the first uh, year and in a way that I had clients, but then everything shut down and everything and different uh, what we know about. But I kept going. I had a vision. I had the the ambition of, of really creating a company, a consultancy more than an agency, a consultancy that would help companies scale with what I know how to do. I've done 1500 brands. I've done brand architecture, brand positioning, brand naming, websites. We, I've done that, but I want to take that to the next level to say, okay, how might you use this asset in order to, to grow? Wow. So that's my story. That's awesome. So you mentioned that once you moved to Miami, you had to figure out how to sell. So mm-hmm. what's different then about selling here versus selling in Venezuela? Well, the network is different way in and way there. I didn't have to go and sell. People would come to me. So mm-hmm. I had the I had the benefit of being I'm the top branding. I was the top branding agency in, in Venezuela. I had the top 50, I mean. Fortune five, they're not 500 companies, but fortune five companies there. Mm. And I was working and I, had, I was having fun. I had a team, I had a, I have a team, but I, I was doing tons of things. And then came coming to the US, okay, this is a completely different space. Uh, my network, which might be the immediate relatives or immediate friends and family or immediate Venezuelans for that sake, I, I grew and I decided to go, go ahead and go and, and meet. I met that year, Kelly, like 150 people, one-on-one. Mm. Um, when 2017, I came here, it's like, okay, I need to understand what the dynamics is. And, and remind, bear in mind, the Miami tech movement was starting. It started before, but that was when it really hit it off. And um, it was just so interesting to see what was going on. And, and you see uh, neighborhoods completely changing. Winwood, you see the design district, you see, you're seeing all these changes and and it was happening in my face. So, so I had to learn, I had to adapt. Even though they say like Miami, everybody speaks Spanish, um, but all the business is in English. So you have mm-hmm. to figure out, and not all Hispanics are the same. That's one mm-hmm. big mistake, but not all Hispanics are the same. So you have people from different countries or third generation coming here. And it was more into, okay, who is my client? Who should I talk to? What is what are the pain points? And the pain points that I started seeing was was more in, in terms of how can I? I don't. I understand that I can create a logo, but I don't know how that works for me and how that works for me. Transitioning my company for this father had wanted to give uh, wanted to retire, which is mm-hmm. normal. And but the, his son didn't want to take. Um, 
take the the the, the role. He he want he was he was moving along. He didn't want to come back to the company. He's like, okay, why don't we start inc- including your son and the process of generating where are we heading? And he's part of the solution as to where do you want a company to go, and then figure out where the brand needs to change. So the brand changed, the the, the company changed, and the son took over. It, it was more um, happy ending type of it. The idea was the power of a brand, the power of the right story, how can that make a difference? So I was excited. Uh, I saw many, many networks um, from the typical going to the Chamber of Commerce and going to, and then I I came across Endeavor, which is a a great company in terms of helping entrepreneurs, a great network. And I thought, okay, maybe I can pitch in. And so I became a mentor in terms of helping them um, scale their companies with my angle. So I don't do... I don't do, I don't know, uh, supply chain management. I, I just, I do the part of saying, okay, what's your story? How are you presenting yourself? What's your identity? So really from a branding perspective then? From the branding perspective. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's great. You just said so many things there that I would love to talk about, like all of the branding stuff. And when you mentioned oh. logo and, you know, I'd love to talk about how people jump into logo design before they figured out their brand identity and personality and all of that. And that's not what we're here to talk about today. So I sort of hate to ask you to like, say a little bit about that. I don't know if you want to, because one of the, like the big thing that we're supposed to talk about is how you work with Hispanics and Latin Americans and how what you mentioned already briefly is that they are not one monolithic community. Absolutely. And and so I do want to get into that. Do you want to say anything about branding or should we move on to that topic? About no, there's why don't we create this this this, this space? Because branding, yeah. um brand is much more than a logo. That's the first. Right. So people will come in and say, oh, I want a logo, I want a website, I want a Facebook page, I want this. And like, no, 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 no. Let's start saying, why do you need it? And why, what's your why? What's your purpose? And when you get to that discussion, it's like, what makes you angry? What keeps you up at night? And when you get to that, you understand from an entrepreneurial side of it, you understand what's your core. And then you go and figure out whether you you need to name change, you need to create a different name, create a a different identity or shape, form, color, architecture, whatever it is that, that shapes that. But your brand is what you want your consumer, your your customer to feel about you. It's how do you make them feel? Yeah. Maybe we can take, we can go back to my Angela and say, it's like, how do you make people, people remember how do you make them feel? So brands are, are the same. So how do you make them feel in order to engage with your company or you as, as the person who are giving the service? And that's that. That's very important. And the other aspect is, what's not communicated is not known. Mm. So if you don't communicate what you are, and or if you wrongly communicate what you are, or if you communicate the wrong things, that's all in the process of saying, okay, now you know where you're heading. Get your story right. Mm. And that's that's a part of that branding that I think um, people. It's like, oh, I, I have, I don't know, logo for a dollar, whatever it is that, works, that, that develops AI. And, and it's amazing what they can do. Yeah. And it can help. But mm-hmm. how do you sift through? How do you curate through that? Yeah. That's, a, that's the best. Yeah, it's possible all of these places that will design a logo for you, it's possible to get a really beautiful logo. 
But the question is, does it align with who you really are with, with your company's values and purpose, like you said, and most importantly, your story and what you want your customers and clients to feel. It's all about that feeling. And if you have a pretty logo that doesn't align with who your company really is, who you really are, and the feelings that you want your customers and clients to feel, then the logo is not doing its job. Absolutely. And the and by the other by the other, and if you're communicating and you're saying, okay, I love this logo, it's a beautiful logo, like you're saying, Kelly, but then it's the same as your competitor. And then you're confusing your consumer, your mm-hmm. client, and that's the worst. So make sure is, it really is, uh, we, we cannot stress enough to have the strategy behind it and the strategy meaning that represents you, that differentiates you, that is relevant and, and sustainable in, in a way. That's great. So while we're talking about branding, what is the mm-hmm. first thing that you would suggest to entrepreneurs that they do before diving into a logo? Just start with your why. I probably most likely they would see, they would have seen Simon Sinek mm-hmm. and I would say, okay, the why, start with the why and, and start with your what, what do you stand for? Mm-hmm. And what actually motivates you? What is it the, the problem that you're solving? And then understand who are you solving it mm-hmm. for? Yeah. And it needs to be like a big, I know, expensive, important problem that you're solving that makes that exciting and makes it uh, generate traction. That's great. All so important. And if you haven't seen the Simon Sinek TED Talk, go watch that right away. It is excellent. Right. Yeah. All right. Thank you for that detour into branding. I could talk mm-hmm. about branding all day. Just love it. I know. I know. <laughs> I'm sure you could do. You do. You do talk about branding all day. <laughs> I do. I do. That's what I do. It's what I love. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about you work with Hispanic and Latin American clients. So mm-hmm. how did you pick to work with those ideal clients? You know, that that's your ideal client base. So my client base, well, I'm Hispanic. Mm-hmm. So I... I kind of, I know what Latin America and the interesting side of it, Latin America coming into the U.S. So I've helped companies bridge that gap in terms of how, who are you talking to? What's your why? What's your, how are you different? And what do you engage or what do you produce? So if, for example, in Colombia, you would be speaking with the president of a company for a cybersecurity startup, then they would come here as like, they would know, they would not talk to the president, they would talk to CTO or, or somebody, IT guy, or somebody that, or the safety guy, somebody below, and, and it's a different, te- their technicalities, their things, there's manners, there's ways of doing it. And mm. likewise, going from US to Latin America, you can't put all the Latin America, not all the Spanish speaking people are the same. It's like we're saying all the English people are the same. So somebody from, I don't know, say UK would be different than somebody from New York. Right. And, 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 so, and you would say, okay, it's exactly the same. And uh, people and even frontier company, countries, Venezuela, Colombia, I don't know, somebody, or even the Caribbean nations, you see their, their struggles are different. Yes. Some commonalities that there's, they have 
amazing creativity to solve for things that we take for granted, say water, electricity, internet, they, they take for, we take for granted that, but having said that, they, they, they go about it and be super creative in creating uh, solutions and, 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 and bridging that uh, the void that they have. And they would create payment systems differently. They would, do, so it, 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 entrepreneurship is, is booming in terms of how, not only how can I um, level from the, the first world is like, how can I leapfrog and, and create mm-hmm. like this quantum leap changes? And, and they're doing that. So for the American companies going into, the, into Latin America, we act as a, okay, let's understand, let's, we need to adapt. What is it that we're gonna adapt in our branding and our narrative and the story and a mm-hmm. go-to-market strategy? And that's what we do the other way around. And within the US, we also find that companies, and we have clients that companies from mid-market coming into the Hispanics market. And like you said, everybody putting all the Hispanics in one bucket doesn't make it. So mm-hmm. let's decide who is our target, what are we solving for? And that's, mm-hmm. and the thing is, um, we might speak very, very fast in Spanish or slow or whatever, but the idea is, you can't even put one country in one bucket. You have different uh, needs or different states or different growth stages that the companies are or the entrepreneurs are. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would love to have uh, some ease of or some, we help them navigate through that, that transition. And it, it's great to have somebody that knows the market and knows the fintechs and knows what's happening here. So for them, it's easier to pinpoint, okay, how, what dots should I connect? What, mm-hmm. How can I make sense of this? That's great because, yeah, like you said, every country is different in having its own cultural distinctions and customs. And then people within each country are different. I mean, even think about the United States, you know, Northerners, Southerners versus West Coast, and even within each state, urban versus rural. My first husband was briefly in the Marine Corps as an intelligence officer, and he was sent on deployment around South America, and they stopped in ports and most of the countries. It was six months, and part of his job was to educate the Marines uh, and I guess the the naval uh, officers on the ship, and not officers, but the people in the Navy on the ship, mm-hmm. about what to expect culture-wise when they got off in each port. So he had to learn all of that, you know, about each country they were going to wow. be stopping in to train his people. I think it was just men at that time, maybe a few women back in early 90s. <laughs> And so, yeah, that was a lot to learn and the nuances and some language differences too. You know, it, there are some, uh, certainly dialects and some, um, specific language differences from country to country. So absolutely. yeah, things that absolutely. he had absolutely. to teach the people. Absolutely. And, and, you, and that translation goes from fruits papaya or, or watermelon sandia and, and, and papilla. So, so even the fruits even things uh, nuances like that or accents so what we usually do is get some like neutral quote-unquote Spanish accent 
so that we can refer to as many as as many consumers or many targets as we can. So we try to do that, standardize. Um, the Spanish from Spain is completely different from the Spanish, uh, and so it 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 it, it it's. You have to navigate through that and, and understand what are the differences and what is it that you can, what's your niche? What's, where do you, where are you going to deep dive? Mm-hmm. Very true. So about what's your niche and even within that kind of market, you know, if somebody wants to go into working with Hispanics and Latin American countries, uh, uh, companies, then would it be ideal for them to pick a smaller niche than just all Hispanics and Latin Americans? Um, yeah, I would definitely go with a niche. Go, what's your sweet spot? What's your 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 target market? And what's your ideal client? Your mm-hmm. profile it. Understand. What are the needs and, and, and imperatives for them? Mm-hmm. Um, if you're going, there are many countries in Latin America that are cross-boarding into communism. So how are you, are you willing to deal with com- countries that is the, the rule of law is not that determined as would be in the US? So there are things, there are things that you might want to um, dedicate some time in terms of being an entrepreneur going in. It's a huge market, it's a growing market. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it has it has an opportunity to evolve in a way, and and what what we're seeing, like I told you before, is we're we're seeing is that things are not going piecewise. Uh, they're they're leapfrogging. They're getting to solutions faster. And the entrepreneurial, I've been helping entrepreneurs in Venezuela and Colombia, and and they are amazing. Mm-hmm. And how do you? And obviously, the funding is not going that direction that much, but mm-hmm. then when you get like these unicorns coming up, it's, it's, it's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would imagine there would be a lot of sociopolitical issues that would be different from country to country as well. Yes. We're not going to deal with that. <laughs> no, but it would, it's something that, no, but it's something that, that companies doing business with Latin American countries would have to consider. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh, there are some countries that are banned doing uh, business with, uh, with, uh, with the U.S. and some companies, I mean, there are restrictions. And I get into more as to, okay, how do we get, like, for instance, Venezuela has 5 million or plus uh, people that have migrated from Venezuela. And mm-hmm. the, these become ambassadors to, say, companies that are in Venezuela that want to have I don't know if you've ever had the arepa, which is uh, cornmeal, and mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a typical bread that is. Uh, some would argue it's Venezuela from Colombia. Whatever, it's, it's a very traditional dish, and having five million people around the globe, mm. that brand pan, which would help grow internationally. That that idea of having, okay, how do we tap into those type of ambassadors, and they become the then the the, the distributors or the or the so that the the, the people that in I don't know in Scotia and whatever and and whoever whatever space in Italy and they would try it and they become a thing. Mm-hmm. So now I would go to I don't know universities campuses in the U.S. because one of my two of my my children are in university 
if you go there and the, and the, and the campus store, the campus cafeteria place has arepas. So see mm. what's going on. So things that um, previously was not. So take advantage of that. So this company took advantage of what these 5 million people are out there and became, they became ambassadors so they can permeate the market. And mm. that's a strategy. Yeah. Go figure what's your strategy and what's your niche. Mm. That's great. So what are some mistakes that companies make when working with any large group, you know, in picking some mark, you know, massive market like Hispanic and Latin American countries, what are some mistakes that they make when choosing that kind of market to work with? Um, one of the things that I see is like a, a product market fit or start asking they, they, I have a product and I'm going to push it. Mm. And no, maybe it, it, start by understanding what is the need that you're solving and then and, 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 and try it. Maybe it, you have as an entrepreneur and you're, you go in and try it and have a, a fail fast type of thing. Try it and ask why did it fail and what was going on. So people, so companies that are like, I need, I need to automatic. Google Translate. So I would translate this into Spanish. That doesn't work that way. You need to adapt. You need to figure out how is it, how is that market different? Mm -hmm. And understand those nuances, those things that make them. Um, and, and you saw that if you're going to that place, you, you think it's attractive. Mm -hmm. How do you best convert and, and get generate the right set of traction or the right mm -hmm. return of, of that investment that you're doing? But the idea... Once the things that I've seen is like, okay, translate it. No, no, no. That's one mistake. I shouldn't go back, understand why are you doing this? Is it, is there a need? Look mm -hmm. three steps ahead, but maybe there is not this type of credit card or credit or whatever, but there's all other payment systems that don't require a banking system because mm -hmm. they're highly unbanked. Uh, they, they, they don't have access to banking. So what they do they, is they go, they go wallets, they digital, and they go with that. So start understanding and, and, and getting that. Um, and that would be my first one. And then don't go about it, creating a beautiful logo or beautiful. Uh, don't start there. Start mm -hmm. with the, with the essence first mm -hmm. and then communicate it. Right. I think you have to, one of the things that, unique problems that I've seen is take into account what the customer journey is happening, what's happening throughout your journey. Um, and there might be some pain points, some frictions, and it might be translate lost in translation type mm -hmm. of thing. So understand what's going on through that. Mm -hmm. So you really need to do a lot of research and it sounds like you really need to have a consultant and not absolutely not use Google translate, especially because that's not specific to individual countries. It bugs me mm -hmm. to no end when I see something translated, that's not done by a local, uh, local or hear something, you know, while waiting on the phone and, and what my Spanish is not excellent, but I can tell, you know, first of all, it's not being spoken by a native speaker, you know, when like for Spanish, you know, o prima el numero, whatever. And if, if it's 
a native English speaker, it's like, why couldn't you hire a native Spanish speaker to say that? And then other times when it's Google Translate, just pay someone to translate it properly. So you absolutely have to do that. And I would say, I would think hire someone to consult, you know, a local to consult on how to make that transition into that market. Well, it's definitely at the beginning, you might say it's expensive or it's mm-hmm. some, some costs that I've not, I have not accounted for, but at the end you're going to save. So right. Trying to figure out who has done it before and what has success and how has that been, um, that, that is great. Mm-hmm. But the, the other aspect of saying, okay, maybe I translate, I get my brand and, and push it forward. And maybe there's something super similar in the market mm-hmm. and you're confusing and you're wasting your money. So things you need to figure out what it is that the, no, it's not only translation it's right it's logo generation it's it's development it's website development and things right. that are happening and and the other aspect that we've seen we've been seeing i don't know kelly about you but it's a lot of hiring and and, mm-hmm. and this remote remote work from latin america mm-hmm. which they're amazing mm-hmm. they're they, they have talent they're they're cheaper than the u.s most likely mm-hmm. and and the idea is that the, you get uh, you can develop, but having said that, you need to be careful is what your structure and what is what is your legal structure that is mm-hmm. supporting or or making that happen. Mm-hmm. Because maybe you're a contractor, maybe you're this, but, but establish how it is that you want that corporation, that that sourcing to behave. Because it can be super informal. It can be, mm-hmm. and uh, while they're with without internet or without light and without electricity, you're expecting your deliverables and and yesterday and things you need to be be very careful as to what people have, what happened, it's a pity that what people have, what happened in Ukraine. Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of outsourcing um, agencies that outsource development in Ukraine. And so Mm -hmm. it it, it shook the market. You need to have, understand the risks. Of, of uh, and try to figure out how you might mitigate them and, and figure out how to, if things go sour, what can you do? Right. Manage expectations around that as well. Right. That's a great point. Um, yeah. With the research and like you said, it's expensive or can be expensive up front, but will save you money in the long run. I'm thinking about Gerber baby food decades ago, and I don't remember what African countries it was in, but, you know, they put a picture of their baby on the Mm -hmm. little jars of baby food. And that was taken very badly in whatever countries that was in, because there they're used to pictures of the food on the jars and cans. And so that was mistaken for baby. And then the (laughs) Chevy Nova in Latin markets Nova doesn't go. So (laughs) if those things, yeah, if those things had been properly researched ahead of time, those mistakes could have been avoided. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So is there anything that I didn't ask you about that you would like to add before we finish up here? No, in terms of having entrepreneurs on your 
entrepreneurs or on, on your team, on all your audience, I would love to have, I think it's amazing. I know it's tr- it, it, it can be stressful. Mm-hmm. It can be taxing in a way, but it's, it's super uh, exciting to have and you see the results. Like for instance, I do see uh, company scale. I see brands, I see communications. I, th- I see things that I've produced. Um, so how do you manage that stress is important. And uh, that's my advice. I know the terms of, of emotional uh, or, or help in terms of having get some help when you're struggling. Um, try to figure out a way to structure your system or structure your operations in terms of, I don't know if they know about EOS and traction. That's also a great way to start to structure your business. And once you have that, figure out a way to generate your narrative generate what it is that brings you uh and to work every day to get into because it's stressful and and yeah. you need to be super solid about it and i've been at it i i love it but i understand that's not for everybody and it's okay mm-hmm. so for me things that uh the one aspect that i i want to highlight as it has nothing to do with my branding it has more to do with my entrepreneurial experience it's more okay get help when you need it. Um, it's okay to have a coach. It's okay to have somebody to, to run through what you're thinking. And if you're, and, and you take, you, you pick up on what you figure out, it's fine, but, but at least you have somebody you can uh, relate to, or you can express your concerns. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I think not only is it okay to have a coach, but it's, it's necessary. I, so- I certainly do have a coach and I, I don't know if I read a lot, as you can see. So yeah. Brené Brown is somebody that I really like in terms of, I was struggling during COVID. I sold my company. I started a new one. It's like, okay, this is a uh, first time. Let's yeah. name it. This is anxiety coming in, vulnerable, everything is coming, all the emotions coming in, but it's okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, as soon as you try to figure out a way to, to enter, like not a peace zone, but a bliss, I would say, get, get into bliss again. Okay. Uh, yeah. Tell me how I'm, I'm right. struggling with this, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I, I would recommend that and get, get help whenever you need, because mm-hmm. um, if you have a great idea, it's going to be amazing mm-hmm. uh, to pull it forward. You need to have team. You need to have you being stable, you being ready to execute and have some dilemmas, crises in, in, the, in the meantime. Absolutely. So how can people learn more about Scalto, your company? So they can go to my website, scalto, S-C-A-L-T-O.com. They can search uh, LinkedIn. I'm a fan of LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where I, I spend most of my time in terms of social. And they can reach out my email account, which is Gabriella with one L, P, it's in Peter, at gmail, at scalto.com. Great. Thank Same you for that. <laughs> <laughs> and right. uh what size companies do you work with um small medium-sized companies um in in the u.s um uh, it depends it's more industry agnostic what i try to I, we do help service-based companies uh when they're at a place to to grow and for me scale is grow beyond your 
your cost and to your operating costs and going and, and growing faster than that. So the idea of scaling companies, that's what we do. It can be early stage, it can, it can be mid. One of the things that we do not do is people in chapter, companies in chapter 11, okay, when they call me, it's like, okay, it's a different approach to as to what it is. We like on the exponential growth side of it. Mm-hmm. Great, that makes sense. Well, thank you so much for being here today. This is fantastic. And I really appreciate your sharing your perspective and your story and the branding tips. Thank you, Kelly. Looking forward to see you again. Absolutely. Me too. And thank you all for being here today. I would love it if you would subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. I will be back in a few days. So I'll see you next time on the Marketing Chat Podcast.